this October 3rd, the first Sunday in October, which means that it's Communion Sunday. It also happens to be World Communion Sunday, one of those days where all of the Christians throughout the world try to have communion together. So it's one of those days that reminds us that we truly are a community, a body of Christ who all live and focus on our Lord and Savior. Today, our theme in worship is setting sail, finding our true north. And I look forward to talking about what our true north might be and how we might live into that reality. We're so glad that you're joining us in worship, whether it's online or in person. We have a wonderful worship service prepared for you. Just a few quick reminders before we get started. I've already told you that it's communion. If you're at home and you don't have the elements in front of you, Find a time during worship, maybe even right now while I'm talking, to go grab some bread and some juice so that you can participate in Holy Communion with us. Those of you that are here in the entryway, we have these nifty little cups we've got that have a pull tab that have the wafer right here and the juice underneath. We invite you to wait until after we're done with all of our talking parts and we partake in communion together after Walt has said amen. It's a pretty good cue, right? All right, perfect. So after amen is when we take in, partake in Holy Communion. I want to draw your attention to the flowers on the altar. They are given in honor of Ken and Agnes Doherty's 45th wedding anniversary. So we celebrate with them. They're off celebrating this weekend, but they're going to pick up their flowers on Tuesday. I want to let you know that there is a concert happening in the Conejo Valley today at 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock that is in support of Harbor House. There is a silent auction that's a part of it, and five different bands, I think, are going to be performing uh, to raise money for Harbor House and the food program that they provide to our community. So if you don't have your tickets yet, they still will welcome you at the door, and it's at the big tent at Anthem Church, which is basically right by Thousand Oaks High School, if you're looking for a context for where it is. Um, and when you drive by, you'll see the big tent, and you'll know what they're talking about. We have our women's retreat coming up on October 23rd. We invite you to register by next Sunday so that we can create care packages for everyone who's participating. So please, if you are interested in joining us, sign up so that we can get those care packages to you and get um, and have an opportunity for you to prepare before our retreat begins. We have a book study beginning on October 14th, being taught by Steve Langberg. It happens on Thursdays at 2.30 p.m., and it's based off of the book by Adam Hamilton, The Walk. If you have questions, reach out to Steve Langberg or the church office, and we'll be happy to answer those questions for you. And I think that, that I've covered all the announcements, so let us center ourselves for worship. This is the day, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. As we set sail on our journey of faith, we affix our eyes on the horizon. God is at work in us through the teaching and example of Jesus, as well as the guidance of the Holy Spirit.
Let us pray. Holy God, we pray that your spirit is in this place and at our homes or wherever it is that we are worshiping, that we would be cognizant of your presence, that you would touch us, that you would affect us through this time of worship. We come to honor you. We come to glorify you. We come to open ourselves up to your healing to your reconciling power, to your leading, that we might become more and more as the days unfold ahead, your faithful disciples. Help us in this time of worship to hear your word, to open our hearts and our minds to it. May we be nurtured, may we be inspired by it. We pray this in your Holy Son's name and for your purposes in our lives and among us. Amen. the time in our worship service where we talk to the children of our church. Many of you are online this day and some of you are here with us and we're so glad to see you. I want to talk today about Noah. I know some of you talked about Noah last week and how he built a great big boat. And then Noah went about filling that boat and they set sail for what probably felt like a long time at least for us, it would feel like a long time, 40 days and 40 nights on a boat with a whole bunch of animals, making lots of noise, doing what animals do. I gotta imagine that at a certain point, every person that was on that boat, and maybe the animals too, were getting a little stir crazy. Have you guys ever gotten to the point where you feel stir crazy? I don't know about you, but this year has kind of felt like one of those times where I felt a little stir crazy. Luke, you felt stir crazy? You want to tell me about it? No? Okay, that's fine. And sometimes it takes less time than 40 days and 40 nights, huh? In my house, you can get stir crazy in about five minutes, according to my kids. So there are times where things get difficult and we're like, can we move on to the next thing? Can we go do that? When can we? And the questions come. I'm sure that there was a point where Noah was saying, when is this storm going to end? And at a certain point, he started sending birds out to see if they could find land ahead and the fact that the water was receding. And at a certain point, after those 40 days and 40 nights, the dove came back with a branch, giving Noah and his family, and all of the animals, a sense of hope. So when you feel like everything is kind of out of control and that you're like, I am so ready for something new, I want you to think about what it is that you look to for hope. What are the signs that things are going to change and that things are getting better? And the branch wasn't the only hope that God gave to Noah, right? Does anyone know what the other sign of hope was? No, that was a good answer, Macy. I think that was Macy. <laughs> um, the, the sign of hope was a rainbow. And we have a rainbow set in the sky, and I apologize, Pam, if I've taken your lesson from you. Um, the rainbow was set in a sign as a promise from God that God would be with Noah and his family as they started to rebuild. And that is a great gift for all of us, to remember that God get, does give us signs of hope and that God promises to be with us. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today, and thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for signs of hope. Help us to remember 
that you are always with us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys have a fantastic Sunday school this morning. to God in prayer. Holy God, be with us in this time of prayer in such a fashion that we feel invited to open up and share the stirrings of our spirit, that we feel emboldened to, to share the yearnings of our minds. Help us to feel confident in you in this time of prayer that we might even share the hopes of our hearts. Some of us have had weeks of joy and satisfaction and others have had moments of sadness or of, of challenge this week. This is the reality of our lives and we bring that reality to you in prayer this morning. May your grace be present to us. May it wash over us and strengthen us so that we would move from those times in which we have cast a shadow over your image within us and embrace more clearly that image through what we say and do in our family and in our community. We pray that we would understand the, the deep meaning of our faith for how it is that we are to be. What it is that we are to do because we see in your Son, our Lord and Savior. This morning in our prayers, we think specifically of Linda Northrup and her husband, Dave. We think of Kathy Drake and her husband, Ken as both of these couples deal with the effects of cancer treatments and make decisions on how best to proceed forward with recuperative therapies, with thanks, thankfulness in their hearts for how far they have come so far in their health journeys. We pray that you would strengthen them to overcome whatever challenges are on their horizons. And together we say, O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Kathy Seabury's mom as she continues to heal at rehab. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Terry Gere's sister, Lou Ray who is having tests on her heart and for a friend Mark who is grieving the death of a father. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for the family of Jeannie Stapp as they mourn her passing. 
and Don Phillipson's family as they mourn his mother's death and the death of her caregiver, Consuelo's son, as well. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for all those who have contacted COVID and are battling the disease. Once again, another member of our faith family has fallen ill, though vaccinated. So we pray for that family, that person and that family, and we pray for all of us, those who are battling the disease and those who are trying to find their way to re-engage society, to do it in a healthy and safe fashion. Help us, Lord, as we move through the challenges of this pandemic. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. Come into these lives, Lord God, in powerful ways that help these folk know your support, your nurture, and experience your healing. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministries through these times. And we ask your help, Lord God, in maintaining our effectiveness and our vitality through all the challenges that we face. May what we do, the good we do, be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. Last week, Pastor Walt talked about some of the songs that he would pack for his journey. This is one of the ones that I would pack, partly because it has the word illumin in it, and it's one of my favorite words. So I, I like the idea of God's light lighting me up from the inside out and shining into the world, whether it's through my eyes being open, my ears being opened, or the things that come out of my mouth being God-inspired. All wonderful and profound things for sure. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer before we uh, step into our sermon proper? Awesome and almighty God, open our eyes, open our ears, open our mouths. Illumine us and allow us to see the truth that you are placing before us. Open our hearts that we might truly embrace how you are inviting us to live in the world. Help us to see you as our true north, keeping our focus on you and learning how to let Jesus be our guiding principle and our guiding light. And then inspire us to live as people with Jesus as our true north. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As I shared, we've spent the last couple of weeks gathering our supplies and preparing for our trip. We've assessed the needs of the various aspects of ourselves, as well as the items that we need to nourish us on the journey. I would make sure that my technology is charged, and I have the way to maintain that charge. I would have a tablet or device with some tried and true music and music downloaded on it. Music and movies downloaded on it. Music and music is good too, but you know what I mean. There would be some Zach Brown Band, some Mumford and Sons, some hymns, and some praise songs. Just as I work to keep my devices charged, I would work to keep my heart and soul charged and plugged into God as well. I've shared with you guys before that I believe worship is a lifestyle. And I hope that we've displayed, especially over the summer months, that God is present in it all both secular and religious alike. On that device that I was telling you about, I would have movies that would include Shawshank Redemption, A Good Dinosaur, Zootopia, Raya and the Last Dragon, oh wait, I'm a mother, aren't I? <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon, and The Way. These are movies that are on constant replay at our house, whether it's uh, preparing to go to bed at night, watching a movie with the family, that all have messages that speak to my heart and remind me who God is and how God is inviting me to live in the world. The Way is one of those movies that is on constant replay and often ends up on our TV on Sunday night or Saturday nights before I get ready for church on Sunday morning. And as we think about what it means to set course for a better life and means to be setting sail on our adventure of faith, I find that movie to be one that really speaks to me in a variety of ways. I know I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it. But if you have not seen this movie, I would invite you to take a moment to, actually a couple of moments, two hours to be exact, to invest in watching this film. Martin Sheen, Emilio Estevez, and several others bring forth a tale of a father who's lost his son and embarks on the Camino de Santiago, a 500-mile pilgrimage across the, uh, across the mountains of France into Spain and all the way to St. James de Compostela. Uh, and they meet people along the way that give us different pictures of what it means to be on a journey of faith whether we embark on our journey of faith accidentally because of some life situation or we prepare and we plan and we've packed the bags that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. We have different styles and different moments when we step into our journey of faith. And we are continually stepping into our journey of faith again and again and again, 
recommitting our devotion to God, making sure that our focus is truly centered on what it needs to be and how God is inviting us into the journey. And now that we've considered our supplies, we are ready to set sail. We leave the safe harbors of, of our church home and embark on our journey. We stop letting our faith be theoretical and start actively engaging it, testing it out in the seas of life. And as I said, each of, us are, each of our journeys are different, our hows and whys, but we all must embark. Whether this is the first time that we are saying yes to God and venturing into this path, or whether we are recommitting, we have to repeatedly take the time to look at our supplies, live in the world, and apply our faith in real and tangible ways. As we travel, we need a way to navigate, to make sure we are on the correct course. We must find our true north. And our true north is Jesus. When our eyes and our hearts are on Jesus, our direction becomes more certain. The dictionary definition of true north is a singular point from which all things radiate, the direction along the Earth's surface that points towards the geographic North Pole. When we say Jesus is my true north, we are honoring Jesus as the constant in an ever-changing world and the true guide amid shifting morals and fluctuating ideals. Reverend Tommy Boland, a Presbyterian priest out of, tech, or out of Florida, says, True north is a popular navigational term used by sailors and explorers. This term is also used in the business world in identifying the one true objective that will provide a strong foundation for all strategic decision makings. Providing the absolute, or one of the examples of this is providing the absolute best customer service are in, in our industry, or delivering double-digit returns to stockholders, or growing production levels to double-digit rates. But for the Christian, Jesus is the true north, the singular point from which everything in life radiates. The Bible makes it clear from Genesis to Revelation, and it is beautifully set forth in the following or set forth in the verse from Acts 17, verse 28, that says, In him we live and move and have our being. Jesus is our creator and sustainer, the author and finisher of our faith, and he is the only reliable reference for navigating through the twists, turns, trials, and tribulations of our life. When we say that Jesus is our true north, we mean that he is our constant, unchanging source of truth and life. Our first scripture lesson this morning talks about why Jesus is our true north. So let's hear that now. Our scripture reading today is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 13. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. To God. Jesus emptied himself, being born in human likeness, obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. 
Jesus lived in the world, chose to come to the world and be our teacher and role model, giving us lessons that sometimes are confounding, yet inspiring and motivational so that we might live in the world transformed. Jesus is our brother. As Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, God said, this is my child, my beloved, with who I am well pleased. And each of us, as we are baptized, God says of us, we are God's beloved, with which we, he is well pleased, that we are children of God, making Jesus our brother in faith. Jesus is our Lord, the one that we look up to, the one who we bow down to. Jesus is our saving grace offering us redemption and new life. We have the opportunity to participate in communion today and remember that grace, that we are made new, that we are given a meal that sustains us for the journey. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. There's a song that would be on that playlist that I was telling you about that is in one of the supplemental portions of our hymnal, not, not the hymnals that are in front of you, but in the green book for anyone who references the different colors of the, of the hymnals. Uh, and it's entitled, In Christ Alone. The words of this hymn are one that remind me of why Jesus is my true north and all of our true norths. It says, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. It, it has four verses within this, within this uh, hymn or a song that goes through different aspects of Christ's life, how Christ was born in flesh, the fullness of God to help, to help us understand the gift of love and righteousness, to understand the sacrifices that God is willing to make to be in relationship with us, to what it meant for Jesus to die on the cross and how our sins were washed away in that action. And the final verse goes on to say, No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. These are the reasons that we need Jesus as our true north, so that we have security that God is with us through all of the trials and tribulations of life, so that we know that God continues to walk with us, guide us, give us inspiration, and illumine us. The passage that Liz read for us um, is beautiful, and you know that I like to give us different ways of hearing it. So hear it once more from the message. Think of yourself the way of Christ Jesus. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus taught of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever so that all creatures, all created beings on heaven and on earth even those long ago dead and buried will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning 
When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give God the most pleasure. Keeping Jesus as our true north keeps us from going off course. I don't know if you know this, but there's a difference between true north and magnetic north. Did anyone know that? Okay, I got a couple yeses and a couple like, what are you talking about, Rachel's? I, I can see both of those faces going on in there. So just to remind you, I gave you the definition of true north a couple seconds ago. The dictionary definition of true north is the singular point of which all things radiate, the direction along the Earth's surface that points toward the geographic North Pole. So the true north is the absolute North Pole, and so everything revol the Earth revolves on that access, po access point, and that is the true north. But we live in a magnetic world that sets things as askew a little bit. I learned all of this as I was doing research, just so you know. <laughs> So, let's see. The expression of true north is based on the fact that navigators and surveyors must deal, a fact that navigators and surveyors must deal with on an, every day. A magnetic compass is not a terribly reliable instrument. A magnetic compass points towards the magnetic north pole, which is not the same as true north or the geographic north pole. The difference between magnetic north and true north is currently a, a matter of several hundred miles. But it changes due to the fact that the magnetic north pole drifts several miles a year. The Earth produces, produces a magnetic field. The places where the, where the lines of the magnetic induction converge are called the magnetic poles. The location of the magnetic north pole changes over time. In contrast, true north is a fixed spot on the globe. The true north pole is found at the conjunction of lines of longitude and the point on which the Earth's axis exits the globe, just like I told you. Magnetic north varies position from year to year. True north is unchanging. Because of the needle of a magnetic compass points towards the magnetic north pole, not the geographic north pole, it is not entirely accurate. It may give a general idea of where north is, especially in the middle of latitudes, but it can be wildly unreliable in the regions closer to the pole, varying from 20 to 60 degrees. I know that this is a little too much information, but go with me there. The difference between the magnetic north and the true north is called, uh, nah. Adding to the confusion of the magnetic deviation, caused when the nearby or metallic objects or electrical equipment influence the compass needle. So you have the issues of magnetism in the world, and then if you have something near a magnet, that messes up the compass as well. Does that make sense? That was a really simplification of what it said there. The reason that I'm telling you all of this is that sometimes, as we are going through life, we get distracted from true north and focus on magnetic north. Does that kind of make sense? Do you hear where I'm getting that there? We lose our focus on Jesus. We may allow someone or something, something else to become our perceived true north. And perceived there is a reason. The Lord Jesus Christ is to be our resting place for the needle of our heart's deepest desires. Jesus is the fixed reference point for all of life, where all of our decisions are to be rooted and realized, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. When our true north is not in Jesus, we veer off course. We become disoriented and we head off in the wrong direction. When our heart's deepest desires is anything smaller than God, our true north becomes that other thing. We are drawn to our magnetic north rather than our true north. And that magnetic north can feel like true north. 
but it has become an idol to us that distracts us from God and Jesus. Anything that holds our affections and desire, the desires of our hearts other than God is an idol. And a few of these idols can be perceived as professional success, financial security, power, applause or accolades from others, acknowledging and living off of our basic carnal instincts and desires as opposed to the fullness and richness of being invested and involved in God. John Calvin, who was big in the Presbyterian world, once said, our hearts are idol factories. The list of idols that we can create is virtually endless. The desires of the heart that properly belong to God can be given over to anything. We can make idols out of everything. We may even make idols out of things that you and I would call good things, such as our children or our church service. And that is why we need Jesus as our true north to fix our focus and to orient our lives. When Jesus is our true north, we do not waver when we face the proverbial fork in the road. Instead of wondering which route to take, we simply continue the path toward Jesus. There's a reason why, or there's a reason, where am I going? Sin is, is by its basic term, is, means to miss the mark. And the truth is, is that we can miss the mark by a little bit with the magnetic North Pole, or we can miss the mark by going the complete other way, right? The reality is, is that we can miss the mark in a variety of ways. So some things that can be perceived as good, if it's not based off of the focus of God in our lives, can take power and privilege where that privilege and power should be given to God. So we need to figure out how to continue to orient ourselves to that true north. And I promise you that we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week, so don't feel like I'm leaving you stranded. So how do we keep oriented to our true north in Jesus? Our second scripture reminds us of some of that. Let us hear that second scripture now. Our next scripture reading today is from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Ah, the counsel for us is simple and straightforward. This is from the message again. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in Jesus. You're well constructed upon Jesus. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. I love that line. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over with thanksgiving. Uh, I adore our safe harbor. It's a place that is important for us to come and to be or replenished and revitalized so that we can go back out into the world again, so that our faith is not just one hour on Sunday mornings, but it is one that is focused on Jesus as our true north that goes into the world living a life that represents Jesus to others. We use the tools that we've been talking about in the weeks prior to this. What have we gathered for the journey? We have them for a reason, to carry us through and to keep us oriented on our Lord. When we turn to the Bible, music, images, prayers, and communion, we are better equipped to maintain our direction toward and our focus on true north. True north is the precise direction, and no matter where you start on the globe, true north will lead us to the same location, new life in Christ. The context of Christian being, or the context of Christ being our true north is not a new one. There are several songs about it uh, that 
make this assertion even stronger than in Christ alone. Two songs that I know of off the top of my head are actually entitled True North. And one of them is by Twyla Paris and was released in 1999. And it says, True North, there's a strong steady light that's guiding us home. We need an absolute compass, we need an absolute compass now more than ever before. And we need the compass that stays focused on the true north and doesn't get us distracted being pulled other directions. And then the other one called True North is by the Rend Collective, which was written in 2018, that reminds us that regardless of what's going on in our lives and in our world, God is our true north. Dictate to me how I should feel for you, or how I should feel, for you are my true north. Uh, not letting the compass be, the, be what directs us, but let God be what directs us. And we'll be looking at how we allow God to direct us and how we work to reorient ourselves when we need to over the course of time and over, or next week we'll be looking at that. But I want us to receive more nourishment for the road before we depart this day. So we will celebrate World Communion Sunday in just a little bit. And remember, just like I said, regardless of where we are in the world, when our focus is on the true north, we are pulled together and closer to Jesus, by Jesus and through Jesus. Amen. invited to share of your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen. Make it a sign of your gratitude and expression of your thanksgiving for the influence of God in your life. Your doing so will help support the ministries that happen through our congregation to help us find and to follow our true north. Your generosity is needed to help us keep going, to keep us doing the good that we do. So give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of UMW, UMCWV. Let's share.
Please join me in prayer. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, because you were God even before time began. You have seen every sunrise, every day begin since you first gave form to our home, this earth. You launched it into your universe, shaping its hills and filled its seas. When space was ready, you brought life out of the waters and in time made us in your image, male and female. And yet we were not content with such a paradise. We rebelled, putting our wills before yours. Even then we found you boundless in love. Time after time you reached out your hand to touch our lives with loving kindness. You led us from captivity to life in a land, the land you promised. You made covenant to take us to be your people, to love and to cherish, and we took you as God and ruler, promising to forsake all others. You put your words on the lips of women and men. They spoke your words of law, gave themselves in the struggle for justice, and taught us to sing your glory. And so with those who lived and those who now living in faith from sunrise to sunset, from south to north, from east to west, from every town and hamlet in this world, we praise your name and join in the unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread in his hands. And lifting up his eyes to the heaven, he gave you thanks and he, he broke the bread. And he said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. And when the supper was finished, he took the cup. And again, he offered thanks to you, gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you eat and drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we know anew the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and look to the day when we shall feast in his eternal kingdom. With hearts raised in joy, we know anew Christ's life among us, his death because of us, his resurrection for us, and his ascension to glory. And so we would pray, Lord God, that you would send your Holy Spirit on us gathered here out of love for you and on this offering. May your spirit make us, make real the signs that through the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup, we may know the presence of Christ among us. By the spirit, make us one with the goodness of Christ as you made him one with our sinfulness that we may be one with each other and one in service to all that you have created. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all your people and all your works glorify and honor you, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen.
nurtured in love, go forth in love. Confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who taught us to love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires us to continue to seek our true north goes with us each and every day on the journey. Amen. Thank you.